Warning, the following program is not for the weak-hearted. Those who are closed-minded, or in general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine. Grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet, get the vibrations stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two, one. What is up, all you sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land? It's your girl, Sapphire. And unfortunately, Yaz is not with me tonight, but I'm extremely excited. I don't know if you guys can already tell in my voice, my post this week, but I have award-winning sex health educator, activist, just just a fucking goddess in general. You may know her on Instagram as I am Rukaya. I have from just great from Britain, right? I just want to make sure yes. live from yes. the UK with us, Miss Rukaya. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Yes. I mean, I've been following your blog, I want to say for about a year and a half now. And, you know, what's so fascinating, especially with COVID, you know, it's crazy how the world of sexual health has now seen a rise. I feel like the presence on Instagram and being able to connect with so many beings in this whole wonderful world of sex mm. advocacy and just sexual health. I think it's just a beautiful thing that I'm able to connect with people like yourself just mm. solely based off of the internet. Never met you in person. I'm already like, I need to book a flight and hang out with this girl. <laughs> and I want to see like how the UK gets down. But now, please come because <laughs> no, it's like now it's dead because obviously we're still in lockdown. Yeah. But- in the summer, it's going to be a lit summer. I know. If they let us out, I'm praying that they let us out because we've been locked down for like over three months. So I'm just praying that, yeah, we actually have a summer. And if we do have a summer, I think it's... I don't want to jinx it, but I'll just say I think it'll be a good one because everyone is literally dying to go out and do things. Hell yeah. So. No, I feel you. I got a little taste, a little taste over the weekend. Um, my birthday was on the 22nd. And so unexpectedly. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, unexpectedly took a trip over the weekend um, by myself. My boyfriend, unfortunately, had to cancel. And I was already having like a pre hot girl summer by myself. You know, I took my, I like, like, I took my first spa vacation. I've never given myself a, like, actual spa treatment. I've always oh, been the one to, like, gift it to people. Took myself out to a nice brunch. Then on Friday, unexpectedly went out with a girlfriend. And honey, I was acting like a damn hoe in the bathroom. <laughs> I hadn't taken titty pictures in the bathroom, gotten drunk in public. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to act. Honestly, I can't wait to do those things. I can't wait to be in, like, the women's toilets <laughs> at a club. Yes. Just, like, talking to random girls. And be like, oh, my God, you look so cute. Oh, like, I can't wait for that. And, like, taking selfies, like, in the mirror and stuff. Oh. I haven't done that in, like... In like like probably like a year now, right? It's really bad. It's crazy. It's just like I feel like now we all have to kind of like retrain ourselves almost to get back into you know the funk of things, especially with sex. I've been hearing so many stories. Like that's one thing I'm very fortunate about is having what I like to call ODD or ODP, on demand dick or pussy. Honestly, honest, do I have that right now? I did, well, to be honest, I haven't had sex since January. So. Oh, man. But that's been by choice. Though. Okay. That's been by choice. <laughs> no, celibate by choice. Yes. I like it. 
Because, yeah. let's be honest, people <laughs> people are a little trash. People can yeah, be a little especially, trashy. Especially in the pandemic. I find that if you're not in a relationship, don't bother. Honestly, don't even bother. Because, like, I... Well, it depends, actually, what you want. Because, number one, anyways, a lot of people are a bit scared because they don't want to catch anything. So you don't want to have sex with strangers anyways but i know a lot of people of course are still hooking up but another thing as well is that when it comes to relationships i just don't feel like people are serious right now and i don't feel like people will be serious when we leave the pandemic and we become like a post-pandemic society i just don't feel like people will be ready for relationships i think everybody's going to be ready to just go and then have and like make up for the time lost so there'll be a lot of like just sex, sex, sex. I don't think I don't think I'll be looking for true love anytime soon. I couldn't <laughs> agree more. Honestly, like I think goodness for my poly ships and I honestly am kind of scared of like jumping back into women, especially like I have not had any physical connection with my girlfriends since the pandemic. And then really? yes. So I have um two girlfriends one's pregnant about to drop her baby like in three weeks and then oh yeah right talk about pandemic baby pandemic poly ships and then I have another oh girlfriend God. we've been you know quarantined separated from each other since last March so here we are you know a year and a month later into this and I'm just like I feel like I'm going to be a little rusty in the lesbian department. Like, it's just, it's going to be a little rusty, a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, I think that's for a lot of people. I mean, even just like, I remember even when I went recently, I, I don't know what it was. I think I went to shoot something and then I was like, wow, this is so weird. Like meeting people for the first time and like actually like having to like get to know them like face to face and talk and all. Like it was just so weird. It's even like just the normal social interactions. I feel really like rusty with as well. Like it's just, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have to just put our training wheels back on. It's exactly. It's wild. Well, let's get into you. Um, my goodness, I type in your name. I bring up your name. And just immediately people just, you know, there's so many different things that can describe with you. Even leaving, leading up to this episode, I was like, there's so much that I feel like I can talk to you about because of who you are and what you represent. And the I am Rukiat account on uh, Rukaya on Instagram is just amazing. I mean, thank you. Thank you. First of all, honey, your style. I can't even like <laughs> put you in a box. I'm just like. Okay, one minute you give me, like, Daddy Dom vibes, and then all of a sudden it's, like, this anime butterfly queen and just all this melanin sexiness. I'm like, who is this phenomenal being that's not only just giving us great fashion, but some really just hard-hitting, easy-to-read sex facts that everybody mm. needs to take to heart like i need you to write a bible can you please give us a bible or something please I would, honestly i would like to write a book i was thinking about it but like i don't know yet because yeah i did I actually did get approached by someone but that's something that i would like to do but yes. yeah i love it so give us a backstory like how did you become this like i'm gonna just say it right now and you know please don't don't blush People don't hate, but I'm just like, how did you become this like queen of sexual health advocacy? Oh yeah, it's because actually, like, I um, I actually started speaking about these things when I basically 
publicly disclosed that I have herpes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I publicly disclosed that, that was kind of, like, where the journey started in terms of just openly speaking about these things. And because um, I also used to work in sexual health as well, just for, like, a charity, I used to do a lot of, like, outreach and stuff like that. And so, like, I would be, you know, um, speaking to young people face-to-face about things like consent and... STIs and looking after your sexual health and just you know trying to do my bit and stuff so that's basically where it started um I just feel like it's so important in fact after this I was thinking of going on IG live to speak about it but I just think it's so important to normalize speaking about your sexual health and normalize speaking about STIs and normalize STIs in general only because like I feel like there's such a stigma um, surrounding STIs and sexual health. And that's what creates this fear in people that um, they feel like they can't discuss these things. And because there's this fear, there's, you know, people aren't really like communicating. They aren't really talking about their sexual health and people aren't getting tested as they should. Um, There's inaccurate um, information on what STIs actually are, how to look after yourself, how to protect yourself. There's just, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of people don't take their sexual health seriously as they should. And even when they do, or like even when we're taught about these things, it's usually like in a scaremongering way. It's never like in a way that is kind of like, you know, it's just normal. It's always spoken about in quite like a stigmatizing way. So I noticed that and I was just like, that stuff like needs to change. And especially as a black woman, I feel like, Um, and especially as a Nigerian because over here in the UK because there's a lot of like African immigrants a lot of our culture is like here so a lot of Africans in the UK are very like conservative especially like Nigerians and stuff so me speaking about these things so openly like it just it kind of breaks that stigma because it's like, this is something that you shouldn't be talking about. This is something that you should be keeping to yourself. This is something that you should be ashamed of. But I feel like, you know, we need to, the only way that you can break the stigma is by having these kind of conversations. Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought that up because definitely, especially being a black woman, even here in America, it's just, I feel like there's more negative like Mm. connections with it and I've seen your article I believe it was featured in Cosmo on the hypersexualization of black women and especially Mm. the minute you bring up that you have any form of an STD an STI you're a hoe you don't take care of yourself you know you're not you're not dateable you're not wifeable and my gosh last week we did an episode with Ho on the Go Sanaya and we were talking about how on Clubhouse especially there's a lot of misinformation going on especially oh. surrounding <laughs> oh don't even get me started because right that's why I don't honestly I've honestly Clubhouse I I have a very weird relationship with Clubhouse because like when I first went on, went on there I quickly noticed that it mainly consisted of all of these gossip rooms and all of these nonsense rooms. Like, literally the first day that I signed up on Clubhouse, people were talking about, would you date a trans person? And it was just very, like, there was so much misinformation mm-hmm. that I had to go in there and, like, talk. And it was and it was black people. It was black people. I can't lie. And I went in there and I kind of, like, you know, gave them my two cents. And they were like, oh, wow, like, you know what? You can have a, diff- a different perspective. But I just thought to myself, 
I can't even bother to even go on Clubhouse and do and do that. Like, <laughs> honey, like I can't even be bothered to go on Clubhouse and like correct people, or, like go into like rooms and like go on the stage and do things because it's just too much ignorance for me. Like, yes. Just, way too much ignorance but that's something that I really notice on there and what I notice with Clubhouse is that the only way to kind of like use it effectively or like in a way that kind of benefits you is to like kind of like find clubs that you know where they talk about things that interest you or like find rooms and then that's what I've recently been doing and I've been enjoying it a lot more but when I first went on there I was just like what is this nonsense like absolutely so rooms just talking shit like <laughs> yeah, I I had to take a break and I came back earlier this week and I instantly regretted it because I was like, all right, here we go. Someone else is, you know, degrading black women, they're degrading the LGBTQ plus community. Yes. I was personally attacked on my interracial relationships. I'm not going to go back into it. You can go to the previous episode where I went in a whole ass rant about it. But it's just the sheer ignorance. And everybody, let's let's discuss this. Let's be real and honest. Look, I am praising people like yourself that I have come across because, again, I work in the adult industry. I also work for the regular radio industry. And I also advocate about sex. I've been doing this podcast for 12 plus years, you know. Mm. And so being able to connect with beings like yourself is so beautiful. But what I'm getting sick and tired of is now what I'm noticing. There's a lot of quote unquote sex intimacy dating coaches, these accounts, and they're literally taking ideas, things that I've seen from you, from Safe Slut, from Ho on the Go, um, Afro Sexology, and marketing it as, as their own, but then they've missed the key points, the key phrases. So as someone who is, you know, certified, award-winning, can, like, bring up the rap sheet and be like, look, I have this place. I deserve, you know, to have the platform that I have. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like, again, and it's going to go into somebody we're going to talk about that broke the internet this week. But um, it, it comes back to the whole practice what you preach. You know, giving out this misinformation. Because let's be honest people go to webmd they get the misinformation and they think they're doing it right but now you're messing with sexual health and identity and you are doing us a disservice on the internet with all this misinformation so what do you have to say about that that now there's this rise which is great of sexual education on social media but at the same time there's a lot of misinformation there's a lot of hurtful information out there i feel like the thing about a lot of these people is that number one i feel like people need to stay in their their lane as much as like you know um sex education is like you're meant to be like super inclusive because sex education is for everyone i feel like sometimes people step out of their um knowledge or like what they know which is something that i'm really careful not to do like as a sex educator i think some people need to be aware that you're not um a doctor or anything like that because i noticed that people be giving out information without or like for example another thing that people do is that they kind of like do like sessions without being trained to be like some sort of therapist or coach i don't do anything like that because that's not that's not you know i don't have the expertise for all of that but i just feel like people need to learn how to stay in their lane another thing as well is um 
I don't think people do their research like that. I think people just, maybe it's just through com- conversating with other people and blah, 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 that they kind of like um, come up with these ideas. I feel like you should be doing the work in some way, whether it's like, I don't know, maybe you're doing community work. So you've been down the front lines. You've, um, you know, you've, you've learned through that way, or maybe you actually have um, taken the more academic route. Like I feel like, there needs to be some form of background experience and not only that but a lot of these people like you said are just stealing their ideas from black sex educators yes yes pfc sex educators which is not and that's why when they regurgitate it just doesn't sound the same because when you steal people's work or when you um just copy people's work it never comes out the same because it's not authentic from you so yeah that's my <laughs> that's one of the reasons why sometimes I'm, I'm a bit afraid of like putting information out there i'm just like what if somebody else steals it or like steals my ideas or like my thought point i mean my um my talking points or, like my thought process like what if somebody else steals it but then i'm trying to learn how to like overcome that and stuff but yeah on clubhouse i just especially the one i think the worst one is people who call themselves um dating coaches what they oh. haven't had I don't know <laughs> like I don't know like it's just I don't know um like I'm not saying that you need because I don't think you can actually have like some form of training in, in dating and being a dating coach but like I've seen dating coaches where they actually have results and they actually bring the receipts to show people their results I don't know if certain people have those kind of receipts so you know it's just yeah yes um, Absolutely. I I feel that's very problematic because, again, like I like to bring people on to fill in the blanks that I cannot give out to my audience, the earbuds, bringing people like yourself who really are about what they preach. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just very problematic when you have podcasts, when you have Instagram accounts that claim this but they don't have a degree to back it up. They don't have the proper certification or let alone the experience, you know? Exactly, exactly. Because I, I, that's another thing as well that I don't want to, I don't want, because another thing, because I've also, I've also spoken about this as well, because what I've seen some people who do have like, um, um, who do have maybe like, um, what do you call it? A degree? Uh, higher education. You do have like a degree or like a master's, stuff like that. I noticed that sometimes they can be um, a bit, um, they have a bit of academic elitism where they feel like well you know i have this this and that so therefore i should be you know the authoritative um voice in this but at the same time it's not always that because Mm -hmm. sometimes there are people who have actually like done the work in other ways or they have experience or like work experience in certain things and that's how they've been able to build up like their expertise and stuff but it's like then then there's some people who just it's not even that they're just do you know what i mean it's It's just the slap on the you know they just slap it on there because it's trending it's trending and that's what i get annoyed by because look at again we are black females in this in this world of sex and the first thing when you ever hear about sexuality you don't really see black faces you'll see a or if you do you'll see a light-skinned black woman exactly there's never the dark skin you don't see the nigerians you don't see the Bayesians, the jamaicans you don't see any of that it's Mm, like we you have to dig a little bit deeper and then there's people like myself who get constantly muted but yet have Mm. the podcast numbers to back it up but can't get that Mm. shit on social media it's like what 
Honey, we we yeah, we we could talk. We could talk for days about this. So that's like the fucked up thing about it. It's like mm. there's a demand and yet we're still being hidden. We're being overshadowed mm-hmm. by people like you said who need to learn to stay in their lane. They got to learn exactly. to stay in their place. Like I get it. We all want to come up and have good ideas and we want to like spread the good message, but not all mm-hmm. messages are good messages. Exactly. Exactly. All, you know, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Let's talk a little about dating for a second. So, you said that you are voluntarily celibate. Um, yeah. Oh, well, actually, no, not celibate. Oh, but, oh, oh, oh. But I would say that I just, well, I have very low libido at the moment. Oh, please, let, let's discuss. Because this, yeah. I feel like, I saw your post, I think it was a couple of days ago, and you were talking yeah. about low libido. That's something that we do not really discuss about a lot. And I feel like, there are many people out there who might be feeling the same. So not to interject, but please elaborate. Yes, Let's talk yes. about it. I I just feel like I just can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to go on dating apps. I can't be bothered to talk anyone because I just feel like I'm at the point now where I I know it in my heart of heart. Like I'm just ready to like settle down. <laughs> yes. Like I just I just know that I'm ready to like um in a serious um situation because well in a serious relationship because like like the old me like a few years ago pan- the pandemic would have been a perfect time to just i'm sorry i'm i'm gonna be real with you because i know everyone is like oh you know you shouldn't be having sex i would have been having lots of sex in the pandemic like lots <laughs> like but it's like me now it's just i don't know i just find it exhausting i just find it like um you know, I just don't have the same kind of like excitement for it anymore. Like seeing yeah. multiple people in terms of like just casual sex and stuff. I have more excitement for, you know, thinking about the future and like settling down and stuff. Cause I am, I am monogamous, but like, it's just, yeah, I just. I was just, just about to ask if you were monogamous, oh, yeah, yeah. poly, you know, what's the whole yeah. background, but I, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I would describe myself as monogamous. I don't know if, to be honest, before I was thinking actually, because um, this is something, this is, well, this was like years ago, but like when I was like casual dating and stuff like that, I thought, oh, is this, is that a part of like polyamory? Like if you're able, actually, no, because that's to do with relationships, isn't it? Sorry, because hey, you a bit like very new to it. So I, I want to learn. Listen, we, well. we can have that conversation. So as, Ask and I will debunk for you. So would you say, because I was reading an article one time, um, this lady was like how she's polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And then she described the relationship, well, the relationships that she was in. It was more like casual relationships. So she was seeing someone and she would only see that. It wouldn't even like text. Like they would just text when the person is in town. Mm-hmm. And then they would, but they've been doing that for like years. And she had somebody else who she was seeing casually. And then she had like, um, then she got into a situation with um, somebody else who became like her main, her primary, like, like partner nesting partner. Stuff. Yes, but she was still seeing other two. But I thought, but was the other two really like poly- um, polyamorous? I would she say was that's. In a relationship with them. Yeah, I would say that's a little bit on the gray scale of between 
walking the treading line of being poly and just being in an open relationship. And I know that confuses a lot of people. Like, for instance, for me, my boyfriend and I, my primary boyfriend and I, we are solo poly. So, yes, we have our relationship with each other. We also share a relationship with a girlfriend, but also have individual relationships with her. And then he can do and have his other relations and not even be attached to me per se. So Mm. there's so many different ways to venture into polyamory, but the main key phrase is that, yes, these are relationships. These are not just fly by night, you know, booty calls. Like people are like, oh yeah, I'm poly, you know, I got my little booty call. I was like, "Uh, hold up. No, 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 no. Like that, that's just you being a straight out, you know, hoe and that's fine. I'm all about being a hoe. I, I like to say that I'm like a reverted hoe. I'm more of, lo- of like a relationship hoe. I'm a hoe for relationships all of a sudden. I was I was never about that. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I w- no, no, it's all good. Um, I was like, oh, no, did I hit the button? But <laughs> But yeah, I, I used to be, you know, the Kim Cattrall for Sex in the City. I was Samantha. Mm. You know, I had my little... That's who I felt like I was as right? well. But just in terms... But yeah, that's why I would say... Do you know what? I would say that I was more of just like a casual hoe. That's what I would say I was. Yes. I was a casual hoe because I was just like... Yeah, just doing a lot. And now, I'm just like, nah. It doesn't right? really excite me anymore. I just want to be in a serious thing. I want to, you know, settle down and do the whole thing like I'm actually ready and I was and I realized that this year I was like wow I genuinely am ready now because yeah even when I was in a relationship in the past I was still you know being a bit yeah naughty. I was doing things I shouldn't have done but like now it's just yeah just very different so I love that yeah I think that's where the low lib- um, libido comes from I feel like if I was just with somebody who I was planning to be with um I would definitely feel very different. So, yeah. I definitely feel you on that because it's like, there are times I definitely feel low libido, especially now with, you know, COVID and just the anxiety, as we were talking about earlier, meeting up with people. And for me, being poly, I I keep saying, you know, specifically to my male partner, uh, Benjamin, I always say like, man, I can't wait until things are like safer for us to like go out and and be the hoes that we are and just safely of course you know we're gonna have covid tests i want to see std sti papers the whole nine you know but at the same time i'm like my libido for that it's kind of on the fritz like lately, yeah, you have enough libido for that. Yeah, like, and I, it's like I'm having great sex in quarantine, but at the same time, I'm like, if he's not here, I don't even want to masturbate. And I used to love to masturbate. Like, I that'd be like the morning coffee, you know, wake yes. up, greet yourself, make love to yourself, and then go about my day. I can't even do that now because yeah, I'm like, there's yeah. so much anxiety behind just like. It's not even um, the anxiety of my relationship. It's more like, okay, people are starting to get vaccinated. I just got my first shot yesterday. And, you know, I'm having the fear of, and maybe you can help me through this. Um, I myself, too, have herpes. Um, I 
Oh. Yeah, my year anniversary actually was in January. And, you know, as I'm like reflecting off of it now, even more so, I have this like fear of disclosing it to people outside of my polyship. Like as much as I want to go out and, and meet as many women, because the men I'm good in that department, but to mm. like specifically be with other women outside of it, I have this big phobia of being rejected, of, you know, if I bring in a third, will she not even want to touch me? Is she going to shun my male partner because he's with mm. me the whole nine. Yeah. And then not yeah. to mention, you know, people always like I get constant emails all the time or DMs and people are like, wait, I heard you use condoms, but you're in a relationship. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm Polly and we <laughs> date other people. We yes, we use barrier methods and it's fine to be in a relationship and still you use barriers. I don't want babies. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm on the pill, but if I have an outbreak, heaven forbid, you know, it passes on to one of my partners. Yeah. It, it's already that, you know, that anxiety of already having to disclose, but then you're going to have more anxiety finding out. So, of passing it on. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 you know, like for people like myself, again, experiencing like the low libido, the anti like the anxiety of wanting to meet people sexual partners especially what do you what do you say about that it's just it's scary it's it is really scary and that's something that i'm you know what a part of me is looking forward to it but then like you said with the anxiety i don't know if i truly am and not only that but with like the low um libido it's like do i even have the energy to even go out there and like put myself out there because it is a lot of work and i don't think people realize this but like actually going out and socializing and you know trying to meet new people and trying to form connections that is a lot of work like mentally and it can be very draining and so just even thinking about that in itself that does give me a lot of anxiety but I also feel like maybe how we should look at it is that you know when we get to that point we'll probably hopefully be heading towards a post-pandemic <laughs> world. Yes. <laughs> and, like, it will be the roaring 20s. And we can kind of see it as, like, you know, fresh beginnings, you know, time to meet new people and have new experiences and stuff like that and kind of see it as, like, a new chapter. So that's the... Even though I do have the underline and, you know, oh, can't be bothered, blah, blah, blah. I'm also going with that kind of positive mindset that when we leave, well, over here, it's going to be June 21st. Ooh. But yeah, we, everyone is literally looking towards that day. Like, we're <laughs> just like, please don't move it backwards. Like, please just keep it as June 21st or move it forwards. If, if they want to move it forwards, they can. But right. everyone's just hoping for that date. So the moment that that day hits, like, I'm just seeing that as like, just a fresh start just a fresh start into the world i'm looking to have a lit summer yes and i'm looking to do the most so that's what i'm i'm trying to hype myself up in that way you know mm -hmm. it's perfect that we keep saying um summertime because i'm already like i'm going through the wheels of like naming this 
Uh, all right. Rudeness with your <laughs> horn. Listen, this is true quarantine podcast recording. I'm not even editing that shit out. Listen, this is the realness. <laughs> this is what it is. I feel like sometimes I live in New York with all this. But, <laughs> but like, Wait, where do you live? I live in L.A. Um, in the oh, valleys. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, the porno valley, as we like to call it. Because there are several little studios here and there. You just go around the corner and you're like, there's one over here. (laughs) I love it because like when people are like, where do you live in the valley? I'm like, the porno area. Just, (laughs) you know, right smack where Drake and the Kardashians are. And then little old me in that little middle part. Do you, have you seen any celebrities? Oh, my God. You know what? I love this. I love this. So, yes. um, Living in L.A., it's not unusual. It's really not, especially in the Valley because there's a lot. But also, like, for me, because I work in radio, that that was just a given, you know, mm. never knowing who's going to pop up in the studio. One minute it was Gaga. Next minute it's Kanye. Yes. T.I., all them. Chris Brown, Riri. I was oh really sad. God. The one time that Rihanna was in one of the radio studios, I was sick as a dog. No. And missed oh out my on my Beijing queen. I was like, <laughs> small ounce of me is like, I know we might be related, girl, because our families are from the same island and I missed my chance. But then I got, you know, rewarded in Temples going to her unapologetic tour at the time. And then <gasps> I was there. And here's the crazy part. I was way up in the nosebleeds because that's what they do to you in radio. Sometimes you'll get the good seeds, but then... Half of the time you get the shitty seats that no one wants, right? So I'm up in the nosebleeds with my ex-cunt of a girlfriend. Yes, I said ex-cunt. I'm sorry, but she was. She was horrible. Just straight trash. Put it in the dumpster, okay? 2020 to the na- to the max. Yes. But, <laughs> but hey, I respect, I respect all beings. But, you know, you fuck me over, I'm going to talk shit for the rest of my life. Mm. But um, we got there hella early. And there's this guy walking around asking people how much do they love Rihanna. And people weren't buying into it. I'm like, all right. So the the girlfriend, the ex, was like, oh, she loves Ri. You ask her questions, she will give you answers. And the guy's like, well, okay. Why don't you come with me? And I'm like, where the fuck are we going? Like, show's about to start in maybe like an hour. I'm trying to not get caught up and get in trouble. So he's like all right, we're going to go down here. So we're like going further down, down, down to floor seating, center stage. Oh my God. And it ends up being her sound dude. He was like, hey, I had some extra tickets. This is my sisters. These are my sisters. You know, you guys have fun. And so I was sitting with her people and then she comes over to me. I have a picture of her like coming over like past me and I'm making out with my girlfriend and she's looking like side eyeing looking down I was like oh you like that don't you Riri I see you this is you know again this is the unapologetic tour this is before Fenty before the freakism really happened of Riri yes oh my god oh my god hands down was the best night of my life I'm getting text messages from my coworkers like where the fuck are you and I send them the picture they're like how the fuck what you no what <laughs> oh they were pissed honey they were pissed at the time oh, i was like were right at the front right at the front and i this was even before i even got like a real on-air gig this was me just 
straight out of college, working at Playboy Radio at night. And then in the daytime, I was a phone operator for one of the wow. afternoon people and then scores this ticket, these tickets. Wow. Hands down, probably one of the best moments. But going back to meeting celebrities, I mean, my family, we are kind of connected in different aspects of that whole mm. world. So it wasn't uncommon if certain celebrities came over to parties and stuff like that. But it's very, it's not uncommon to run into a celeb when you're here. Wow. Like oh just someone God. grabbing coffee, grabbing gas, going to Target, the whole nine. It's wow. it's very it's not uncommon. I mean oh it's dirty God. as shit though. <laughs> yeah, that's why I heard I heard LA is like really um but London is as well. London really? See, yeah. I only made it to Heathrow. That's it. I didn't get to experience <laughs> London at all. I yeah, went London to London is like New York, like in a sense, like how yeah, because um, I heard New York is dirty as well. So, oh, honey, I did a flashlight underneath the subway tracks because they were like, just just look for rats. And I'm like, what? No, I saw oh, rats. God. It looked like, you know, when, in those horror movies where you see just like a bunch of rats like piling up on each other. It looked like a breathing ah. body and it was literally ah. just rats. <laughs> I think so I just killed like, Rukaya. Did I just traumatize you? I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> because I know how big them rats are. And like in the UK, like we have rats in the underground and you'll just see them like running around on the oh tracks. My God. But they're very tiny. Oh they're no. Very, very small. Oh lord. Like, very small. But like, yeah, it's 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 pretty filthy here as well. I think New York is worse, but it's pretty filthy here. Yeah, definitely. I feel like honestly, I always said if you ever come to America, anybody out there from the UK and whatnot, just just be prepared. In San Francisco, you're gonna have to question if it's human shit or dog shit. Okay, <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. And then L.A., you just got to be careful of where you roam, especially in Hollywood. It's not all glitz and glamour. Like, you see some shit. You see some shit. And then New York, wow. like we said, the rats. So it's like those are the places where I'm like, they need just one big Lysol dump. Like, I, I hate to say it. Yeah. How the yeah. fuck do we not have coronavirus before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Like, no disrespect to anybody who has been affected personally, but... We are living in some weird ass times where people are now saying like, oh, my God. Yeah, I do need to wash my hands. Like, what? What were you doing I, before? Honestly, I couldn't believe that. I was so shocked because I was like, especially with the coming home and washing your hands. thing. That's something I always did anyway. Yes. Like, so when people are like, yeah, I remember hearing people say, yeah, you definitely need to wash it. I, it's true. Like, you know, it's good that we're starting to come home and wash our hands. I was like, what? Like, I've been doing that shit. What are you talking right. about? Like. If I go out, honey, I don't I don't care how drunk I am, how high I am from the club. I'm always the group of that person in the group that goes and takes a shower. I might knock exactly. over a couple shampoo bottles or whatnot, but I take my clothes off and I take my ass to the shower. Exactly. I don't and care. Even like even like carrying um carrying which what was it? Um like uh which... sanitizer sanitizers like people didn't do that before and i was yes. like what? <laughs> oh yeah go to a hotel i always wipe down everything i always carry wipes exactly. i always carry sanitizer like yes call me a mom or whatnot but i'm 
I'm particular. And oh, heaven forbid, when if you ever had sex with me before this pandemic, oh my God. If you never, if you come to me un, in a funk, like take your ass now, to the I shower. People, I honestly, that really grinds my gears if people do that because like, for me, I just think it's respect. Personally for me, if I'm going to go and see somebody and or they're coming to come fuck me, I'm having like a shower beforehand. Absolutely. Like, not just, like you just don't, you want to be fresh for someone. Like you're about to have sex. Like, I don't know, like. <laughs> Obviously, I know that when it's like your partner and stuff, you're not always gonna be fair. Sometimes you're gonna come home after work and you just wanna go, you just wanna, you just wanna fuck. But yeah. like, when it's like an actual like an appointment, like it's a dick appointment, a pussy appointment, prep, please prep. You don't go to a like, restaurant and you eat off of a dirty plate. So why the exactly. fuck are you gonna serve me some hot sex on a platter that smells funky? Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I swear. (laughs) And like, I keep joking around. I'm like, people, I need y'all to like take this shit seriously. If we're going to have the hot vac summer, the hot sex, you know, that we missed last year, have your papers on. Just have the papers ready. Everything's digital. Sorry, I just got like a glimpse of it. Like, (laughs) I I really hope it's going to be a hot back summer. Like, I just got really excited. No, honey, I'm I'm ready. I want to go to a sex party. I'm ready to be (laughs) naked in public. Like, they need to just let people listen. Please don't arrest anybody if they just want to go outside butt ass naked this summer. Okay? Let the titties, let the dicks, just let it all hang out. Okay? Just... Just think of it as the 60s uh, again. Everybody yeah, should just yeah. be allowed to be freely naked for at least a week. Exactly. Just let it all Parties, hang out. I'm there. I'm literally just, yeah. Yeah, actually, that's made me feel less anxious now because <laughs> it is really exciting. When you think it is, well, if it happens how we're picturing it, yes. it is really exciting. It <laughs> is. I just, oh, man, I just want to make it rain, not with money, but with condoms, okay? Let me go to the strip club and just... Pass out the condoms. Let me throw out the the super pack of condoms and just. You get one. You get one. Right. Just everybody. Just listen. You vaxxed? You vaxxed? Did you get tested? Okay, cool. (laughs) Scatter it around. Just that's what I want to see happen. That's what I want to see happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. We're going to take a quick sexy break. Hey there, earbuds. We're taking a quick sexy break, but I want to let you know about CD Universe. You're probably wondering why I'm talking about a CD shop on a show about sex, sexuality, dating. But let me tell you, it's the best kept secret from Connecticut. Yes, a sex toy store online in Connecticut. And it has pretty much everything you'd want in the bedroom. I recently just purchased the Make Me Melt, Deep Intruder Electro Probe, and Fetish Fantasies Deluxe Fantasy Door Swing. But if toys aren't your thing, I would go for any of the lubricants in the store provided. Also, if you're looking for some stimulating new content from the hottest porn stars, this is the store for you. They still do sell movies, CDs, vinyl records, DVD, Blu-ray, etc. But the sex toys is where it's at, especially from Cal Exotics, Doc Johnson, Evolved, and Pipe Dream. So if you're looking for great sex toys to fit your budget, visit cduniverse.com earplay to get 20% off your first order. Again, cduniverse.com earplay enjoy the rest of your eargasm and we're back all right so we got to talk about this fuckery rukaya i'm having so much fun with you i feel like i've like Mm. known you for years now at this point yes um gosh can we just be internet besties at this point (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. I know we follow each other. Finally, I'm like, yes. The day yes. she followed me, I kid you not, you guys, I screamed because I was just like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Rukaya is on the squad now. Yes, cool. I could DM and not seem thirsty. Boom. <laughs> okay. So earlier we were talking about people staying in their lanes. You know, the the misinformation. And just what a perfect time. This has been a weird ass week. But it got a little weird surrounding a bonnet and a cheater. Mm. A serial che- cheater. A serial cheater and a bonnet. Mm. Did you know who Derek Jackson was before? I had no idea who he was. Thank you. I didn't either. I was like, who? Derek who? Mm. Mm. But apparently he is a dating coach. He was like, has forums all over YouTube. I think he even hosted a couple events and stuff to kind of enrich people's lives. And hey, no shade. I'm not going to yuck your yum if you loved Derek Jackson before, but I find it very interesting that this man serial cheats and decides to hold, if you will, a press conference that nobody asked for. Nobody asked for a press conference. (laughs) Wait, so I'm going to get my charger, but yeah. Oh yeah, no, get, get your charger. But nobody asked, nobody asked for this press conference. And more embarrassingly, he does it with his wife, who just looked like she rolled out of bed. Exactly. And do you know what my issue with that was? My issue with that was, like, like because some people were saying, oh, what does it matter about her appearance? Um, have you seen how the guy, like, proper, like, he's how he presents himself? He looks so good. He was, exactly. Exactly. Why did he allow his wife to come on, on live? After the whole big controversy that was happening, he knows how many followers he's got. Why did he just allow, allow her to come on the camera? Just, just look, just look. Absolutely, <laughs> like <laughs> I would get it. I would get it if it was just a podcast, like we're doing now, where it's just audio only. Yeah. You don't have to see what the fuck we're wearing. But if you are having a press conference, how dare you look better than me? Thank you. That- <laughs> And that tells you everything you need to know. Absolutely. About probably their dynamics and stuff like that. Absolutely. Because I just, I just thought, I thought that was really, really bad. I mean, I heard, I was listening to the conversations. I heard some black women say that how he should have gotten her like a whole like glam team and stuff like that. I was thinking, okay, maybe not that far. Yes. Like, some people were saying that she should have got like a weebologist or this or that. And I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. People the weebologist. I was like, okay, we don't need to go that far, but she just she didn't need to wear like a she didn't need to wear a bonnet on the camera, and I feel like she could have, especially because no one had ever really like seen her before. I feel mm-hmm. like as the first time, could have just came on and been like, yes, I'm his wife, but it was just I don't know. I think that she's because um, I went on her page, and this is just me speculating. I'm not claiming to be like some psychologist or anything like that. So I'm like dissecting her her um her captions and stuff like that but on her page she has a lot of posts and she is very 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 open and um on her page she speaks a lot about the sexual trauma that she faced sexual abuse um and there was one very there was a couple of disturbing um couple of disturbing captions where 
There's specifically one that she spoke about, I knew her body more than I knew myself. And she was speaking about, I don't know if it's a woman that her husband cheated on her with. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was like how, I think it was on like a, a video or something. And like how she would even, she became obsessed. Like she would even like obsess over like the um, her, her vaginal secretion, like how wet she was and stuff. Oh and my gosh. She tried to emulate her, but then it wasn't the same. And it was like, she compared herself to her and the fact that she had like this her, she she compared like her her body and like the, she kept on mentioning that the woman is dark skin i don't know why she mentions dark skin a lot in um in her captions and i'm just like hmm very interesting and a lot of people were commenting and some people were saying that how they feel like she's suppressing her sexuality and i even sent it to one of my friends who is um who is um uh coach and these and these kind of things and she was like yeah it sounds like she's suppressing mm. her sexuality and there's a lot of religious of religious shame there and like the way that they were talking and stuff like that i just feel like <sighs> that's why i don't really fuck with religion i can't lie no i i completely completely am with you on that um i grew up Catholic. One thing I was very fortunate about is that I grew up in a very open household with both my parents. Um, One being because my mom is a pediatric, was a pediatrics nurse. Now she's in postpartum. So whenever sex was brought up, I was never like grounded for it. Even still this day, like I can have very open conversations with my parents. My dad noticed a bite mark from my partner yesterday and he's like, somebody taking a bite out of crime out of you kind of thing (laughs) just always commenting on something not to mention you know they know that I work in in porn sometimes and they don't shun me for that but I I completely completely am with you where it's just like religious guilt religious just abuse when it comes around sex it's Mm. a real thing and that is very traumatizing my my, exactly my boyfriend he was punished for growing up masturbating that was seen as a guilt yes yes and now you know we're poly and everything but there's still you know sometimes he gets a little triggered by some things because it brings him back to where he was guilted as a kid for just punished for masturbating wow it's sad not to not to interrupt, but it's sad. It's sad wow. that you see these signs. And I complete I'm with you. Now I'm listening and again, I hadn't seen the posts of her, but as you're describing this to me, this is definitely a controlling relationship. Mm, mm, mm. And it's like that's how people use religion to kind of like manipulate people as well. And it just seems as if she's lost in the Jesus source. It seems like she's just completely lost in it because she just always talks about God, God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she said that how she's like, she has an obsessive personality. I just feel like now she's just obsessed Mm -hmm. with Jesus and stuff like that. And, you know, just... I think they the way that the way that she talks is as if maybe like you know how religious people love to blame it on the devil and blame it on spirits and spirit of confusion yes spirit of this spirit of that no it's not no fucking spirits <laughs> this is this is real human just insecurities pouring you. on the, yeah this is someone's insecurities tapping into your own insecurities and now you have this big old ball this avalanche 
pouring into your own personal mm. life. I think he mm-hmm. even used God as an excuse saying, God told me to share this or God told me. It's like, no. Wait, did he say that? I didn't even watch the full video. Did he I, say that? No, I, again, I watched some highlights and I believe he even said in the name of God that this happened for a reason. Oh my God. So I'm just like. Of course it happened for a reason, yeah. Oh my God. It's just like someone I know oh. recently in a friend circle not only has he had a past cheating and getting a girl pregnant, he has done it again recently to another person huh. that I knew and got another chick pregnant. So now he has two babies, two different women, and while he was married. This is what I, this is not to shun anybody who is wow. a cheater, but it's like, really? It brings it back to why wow. you and I do what we do about sexual health. How hard is it to put on a condom? How hard is it to communicate to your partner Mm. that certain needs Mm. aren't being met in your relationship? Mm. If you are not... It's not hard at all. It's not. And it's like, okay, we are adults. Everybody says, okay, well, sex is a grown-ass thing. Then why are you acting like a little child Mm. and being irresponsible? Mm. It takes two Mm. seconds to put on a condom. exactly it really isn't that long that's what i'm saying because i personally i feel like a lot of these guys do it for for selfish reasons they don't they probably don't put on condoms because of that you know that little three seconds where they ejaculate you know and Mm -hmm. the feeling of coming inside someone and the feeling of ejaculating just normally without like a condom on top i feel like it's usually for very selfish reasons so which pisses me off so much because <clears throat> it used to happen to me mm. when I was younger a lot. Um, no, with one guy that I used to see, sorry, when I was younger, there was one guy that I used to see. Sometimes he would just come inside of me with no pre-warning, nothing like that. So like stealthing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, was, this brings was... me to I May Destroy You. Yes, yes, which is amazing. <sighs> Um, I've been stealth so many times. Um, oh my I, God. Last time I was stealth was actually December 2019. But um, but yeah, yeah, like it's it's just at this point, it's just, I don't know, meeting someone new, I feel like most likely they will sexual assault me. But anyways, that's going into something else. Yes. But like, um, and thank you I, for sharing though, because that's not easy to discuss, to be honest. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it is definitely a quite a triggering topic but you know i'm kind of like learning from it and stuff like that but like yeah this guy used to um this guy used to just come inside of me and then i just used to think i just used to think to myself like this guy like when i looked back i was like this guy was so fucking selfish like Mm -hmm. it's not that it it for me it just felt like he just couldn't be bothered to put on a condom sometimes and he just and it was just for his own feeling, his own pleasure. There was never any kind of, um, there was never ever kind of care for my own pleasure or how I felt about it or anything like that. It was just all about him. And I feel like a lot of guys, well, specifically a lot of straight men have that kind of like mentality, which is why now I'm very like careful about who I date. Cause you know, I always believe that women should only be dating men who put their pleasure first. But yeah, like, um, yeah, it just seems like it comes from a place of selfishness. Completely. And not to mention when you have to even specify with race, there is this machismo 
like very problematic attitude that black men have, especially oh, over. <laughs> in what? Thank God you said it because I thought I, I was thinking. Am I the only one that feels like this? Like there's this kind of like there's like this bravado on one part. On one side, it's actually attractive because I find that black men tend to they have a lot more um, confidence just walk up to you and ask you for your number. So, do you know what I mean? Like in terms Absolutely. of like, I'm hitting on you. They've got the, the macho, you know, um, vibes there. But then on the other side, on the flip side, it's, it's some toxic, like, quite fuck. toxic. It's some yeah. real, it's real toxic. It's toxic, toxic. fuck boy behavior. And yeah, yeah. And it, I, I just, I don't know. I wish that there was somebody that can answer this universally as to why. Because in my honest opinion, yes, I'm dating a white guy. But, you know, I'm not going to be that person like, I don't see color. I would, I always say, I would love to have a black man in my rotation, but there's just this disconnect with me and black men when it comes to especially sexual health. When it comes to, you know, my sexual relationship dynamics. So it's like, it brings me back to when I say, you know, we have these men that say we got to protect our black queens, but you are hurting your queens by doing some shit like this Derek guy publicly giving us this whole how much I love my wife, but I cheated on her numerous times. You don't love your wife. Your wife is an object. And you showed that to the world. You showed that to the world. And another, yeah, and another thing as well is that I feel like not everyone is like, I, I feel like a lot of people force monogamy. Unfortunately, a lot of people force monogamy. I don't think monogamy is natural. And I'm saying this as somebody who actually like would prefer like a monogamous relationship. I don't think monogamy is natural for, I don't know if it's for everyone, but I feel like for a lot of people, it's not natural. It's an idea. Maybe some people, no, go on, go on. Oh no, no, no! I was just gonna—I was just agreeing with you. It's a forced idea. That's what it is. Yes, yes, exactly. And I feel like a lot of people would be better off if they explored polyamory because clearly, you can't stick to just one person, can you? Do you know what I mean? So maybe you need to venture off into having relationships with other people, you know. And I feel like somebody, somebody like like him, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's not enough communication or the communication that is that they're having it's not the right kind of communication because i'm sure their communication is based on like jesus and god and god is going to get us through this and blah, blah blah rather than okay so clearly you like extramarital um affairs affairs so maybe you know even if you're not i don't maybe with him he'd be more i don't know if there's a difference between being non-monogamous and polyamorous I mean, again, it goes into the fine lines of being in an open relationship because, again, being polyamorous, even being polygamous, where people mm. always think those are the same, too. It's like, yes, <laughs> being being a polygamous involves marriage. Being polyamorous does not involve marriage. It's just mm. several different relationships. Either it's going to be a closed or an open poly relationship where everybody knows about each other or it's going to be closed where, you know, you disclose what you want to disclose in your relationships Hopefully, the smartest thing that you disclose is if someone, you know, burns you. If there is an STD, STI, you know, a scare, you're disclosing it to all your partners. But you don't Mm -hmm. have to necessarily go into details of who you went on a date with and that, you know, sort of thing. People are different. 
Myself, okay. I, I'm a voyeur. I love to know if my partners are with other people in detail. It turns me mm-hmm. on. That gets mm-hmm. me off. That's one of my yums. But I also, you know, like to know, hey, are you being safe with the, this person? Because yeah. you still have to come back home to me. So I would only exactly. ask for that respect. And I think that's where people, again, I love what you're saying. If you don't want to be monogamous, explore these other options. But you got to explore them safely. Because I, fe- exactly. I think that people really do want to be poly, polyam, uh, polyamorous. And I'm saying polyam as the shortened term. But, you know, there's a lot of people who take that for advantage. And they don't know how to properly communicate that. Because, again, there are relationships. I always say that people who are polyamorous, like, are just, like, ahead of everyone when it comes to um, relationships and communication and stuff like that. Because I always say, like, man, people who are monogamous can learn so much from from people who are polyamorous. Honey, I can't even tell you how many. You do. Because, you know what? It's like, I got to work four times harder than a regular monogamous relationship. I have to answer to four people and give them the right amount of love, equal love, so that someone doesn't feel out of the loop. I might not see you all the time. Like I said earlier, I haven't seen, you know, three of my partners or two, um, one being pregnant. I haven't been physical with her in like a year because of that. And then and that's not just by choice. It's like, hey, the libido is not always there when you're pregnant. And I'm just supportive that I'm excited to meet my nephew. And then yeah. later on, share special time with his mommy. No disrespect. But, <laughs> you know, and yes, the husband is sometimes involved. Like people always say, well, what about the husband? I'm like, the husband and I, we use, he's a swinger. So he's not really polyamorous, but he's part of our poly family. And I love yeah, him to death. Yeah. I love all my partners to death. But we have to work four times harder to make all the relationships work, to make sure that people are equal. But I think the problem is with any relationship, and it's clear with quarantine and all that, people don't know how to talk. People are scared to communicate. We're scared to confront our friend if they're doing some fuck shit. We don't want to call out our friends, but then we don't want to call out our our relationships and we always vent to people outside of the relationship seeking the wrong answers Mm. if Mm. you truly want a relationship to work whether you're monogamous poly whatever the fuck it might be you gotta learn how to talk if something is not right if it doesn't feel right talk about it yeah and you know what maybe they would actually do better if they opened up the relationship but you know yeah or maybe talk about it yeah or maybe he needs to stick to his own advice i you know i saw (laughs) a clip of some of his shit and i'm like you're telling you're telling other women and men that they got to talk to your partner when clearly you're dumbass for like what was it nine fucking years on and off you're cheating on your wife like it's just a kid in the candy store just a free grab like and again it brings me back to what we were saying stay in your fucking lane Exactly. Stop taking away business from well, you know, educators who live this shit daily, put it out in the atmosphere and actually Mm. say, look, this is what I do. This fucking works. And I put it into action. And hasn't he built like a whole career off of it as well? A whole ass empire. 
Damn. A whole ass empire. So you're fucking it up, not just for people in the dating world. You're fucking it up for quote unquote black love on all levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, especially because he kind of like pitched himself up as like the guy that is the good man, you know. Um, it's just it's the hypocrisy is just mad. Like how he's just literally been preaching one thing, but doing another in the back like it's insane it's It's absolutely insane it's sad it's truly sad so i don't know whatever may come of it it's just i just hope that one she she gets out like listen as you said before you can't just pray this shit goes away he's gonna do it again i don't even understand why people pray for things like that like it's about action, you know? It's not about praying it and just hoping for the best. No, you need to actually put that shit into action, you know? And Absolutely. I don't know. I kind of doubt that she's going to leave, though. I kind of doubt that she's going to get out of that because, like I said, it seems as if religion has really um, has a hold on her. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she would just have to. And I think there was a time where she did try to leave him, but then he got her back. Stuff like that. Like, it's just a mess. Too much. Mm. But you know what's not a mess? This entire chat with you has just been. (laughs) Again, I feel like I could really just talk to you for hours about different things. And again, it's just been such a pleasure to finally meet someone personally I look up to you because you really spread the message you do great work and I just want to continue I just I can't wait like I said I'm gonna put it in the atmosphere I need the bible (laughs) I need the bible (laughs) according to Rukia uh, Rukia oh my god let me just smack me virtually for fucking up your name I'm so sorry but yes I need the gospel according to Rukia just out now like Put it down honestly, in the atmosphere. Honestly, I would love to write something. Honestly, I really would. And that would be great because I feel like we do need some kind of work from a black woman about sex and stuff like that. And Absolutely. What sexual liberation actually is. So, yeah, hopefully. But, yeah, it's been... It, honestly, it's been... I Okay, not in, like, a bad way. Like, I do love coming on, like, podcasts and stuff like that. But, like... Um, I feel like, yeah, this conversation was actually one of the most fun. I don't know. I usually find that I have... To, this is not even in the case anymore, but I usually find that I have the most fun with other black women. I don't know why. Maybe because, you know what I mean? Like, we just... There's just stuff that we, we talk about. Yes, we it's, live it's through the same... Different. Yeah, we live through the same... I think it's... Sh- I, I completely agree with you. No shade to any of... Yeah, no shade no to shade. Else's podcast that I've been on. Yes, we, we absolutely... <laughs> I, I think it's just, you know, what they say. It's an unspoken sisterhood with black women because we have all had similar situations. Just anybody, people of color in general, it, it's just like that ununiversal, like unseen law. It's just you feel connected because there's so much that has happened. And let's be real. This is women's. We are wrapping up Women's History Month. OK. Yeah. And. I've always said the black woman especially does not get enough respect that they, that they need because we mm. carry so much, yeah. so much, not just because we're women, but because we are black, the whole world is yeah. against us. Mm. And so we're getting hate from not just one generalized thing, 
but because of everything else that we embody. Mm. It's that just unspoken narrative that each and every one of us holds together. Even if you are not an identifying woman per se, but you are a vulva owner, Mm. there's that universal just unspoken experience that you look at someone you're like I see you I'm listening and I connect with you Mm. definitely definitely 100% agree so like that's why yeah (laughs) that's why definitely is a lot different whenever I speak to black women it's just so different than when I speak to everyone else but yeah, it's been a great conversation for sure, for sure. Well, I already know I'm going to have to touch base with you in a couple months and, you know, see, yes. we're going to have to do a, a, a summer check-in with you because... Oh, yes, a part two. A yes, part two a part sure. two. Because this is, I think I'm going to call it Hot Growl... What did I call it? Hot Rook Gal Summer, okay? <laughs> Rook Gal. The K is silent, y'all, but the Hot Rook Gal Summer... With Ru- <laughs> Ru- with Rukaya, yeah, that's I, what it's gonna be. I also just want to say that like um, we move our times forward. Last night, so that means that we've entered British summertime as well. So just saying. Oh, you know, see, so- and I just did this unconsciously. So there we go. <laughs> I, I was just predicting. I was predicting the summer in Britain. There we go. Oh my gosh, Rukaya! I was even gonna ask you fun question. Like, I- I'm just gonna ask you one of the fun questions that I wanted to ask. But yeah. if you could bottle up your pheromones into a candle or a perfume, what would it smell like? Hmm. I think it would smell a bit vanilla-y. But you're not vanilla. Yeah. But you're not really Actually, vanilla. Oh, wait. Now you're making me think now. <laughs> I think it would be mostly... It would be... You know, like when it's not like actual like sweet but then it's a bit sweet that's why i said vanilla it's a slightly kind of like sweetish kind of smell oh um yeah i think that's what it will smell like i love it <laughs> by the way she she's been giving me daddy vibes she's got the pink do-rag on i'm like yes rukai yes. you doing things to me girl <laughs> I'm actually about to put on a blonde wig in a sec, actually. Oh, after this. yes. Well, it depends. I, I, I was saying I was going to do like an IG live, but I don't know if I'm going to do it anymore. But if I do, then I'll put on the, the blonde wig. But yeah, now I'm in my pink do-rag. No, it's lo- <laughs> it looking fabulous. Just fabulous. Just emulating the fabulousness. I love it. Well, if there's anything coming up that you want to plug in, you know, for the audience to get to know you or they already know you and they just want to stand you some more where can they find you what's coming up for you um i would say definitely follow me on instagram i'm rakaya and also i'm trying to take youtube seriously this year so search rakaya on youtube and you will find me because i feel like a lot of the information that like i um disseminate like i feel like it needs I feel like on Instagram there's a bit of a restriction to put all the stuff out there unless it's like in like some form of like video format or it's like in a podcast format like this which is why I want to like move to like um, YouTube and start fleshing out my ideas more so yes definitely catch me on there as well perfect and of course earbuds you can follow us at Sapphire's Earplay on Instagram at Ms. Radio Sapphire, that's M-S-R-A-D-I-O-S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E on Instagram, on Twitter. Stop trying to add me on Snapchat. I don't want to see you. Snap is dead. 
So again, it's Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. Yeah. Snap is dead. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Next week, we will be off because it is Easter. I got to, you know, do the eggs with the cousins and the family thing. So we will be back on the 11th with a very, very special guest. I'm going to hold it because it's going to be a heavy but much needed episode with a very special guest that I will reveal in the upcoming weeks. But remember that safe sex is the best hot sex. Till next time, good night. That was the show, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. Now remember, Ms. Radio Sapphire on Instagram, Twitter. For more earplay fun, go to iTunes, all podcasting platforms. <laughs>